This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and you're listening to Faith Talk. On this platform, we aim to draw relevancy from the biblical text while bringing clarity to our own religious experience. Today, I'm going to be talking about developing an attitude of gratitude as we are headed into the Thanksgiving celebration. The season of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was never or should never be limited to one day. So first I'm going to share from the biblical text from the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter. And it reads in this way. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? And where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Well, this is a very simple concept. These men were suffering from leprosy. They were stricken with a a skin disorder, a, a disease, a sickness that caused them to have uh, gross symptoms, rotting flesh, Therefore, they were relegated as being unclean by the religious authorities, and they were isolated and quarantined. They weren't allowed to mingle with people. They couldn't work. They couldn't do anything. They had to be separate from everybody else, and therefore, being declared unclean by the priest was pretty much a death sentence. The only people they had fellowship with was those in the leper community. Now, obviously, they heard about the wonderful work of Jesus, the healing miracles, and they stood at a distance and called out to him in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, at this point in the story, nothing had happened. They're looking at themselves and and seeing that nothing has happened, but yet they're being told to go show themselves to the priest. But the story continues. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. So they moved in accordance with the instructions of Jesus. They went without waiting for the result. And as they went, they were healed. Now, only one of them came back to say thank you, and he, in fact, was a Samaritan. One out of the ten, 
He's the one who came back and expressed his gratitude to Jesus, the one who healed him. The others, they took the blessing and ran with no thought of saying thank you. No thought of having an intimate relationship with the one who healed them. Mm -hmm. So now the question that I have today, the relevant question is, is an attitude of gratitude physically and spiritually healthy? In this day and age, we spend a considerable amount of time thinking about what we don't have and ways to get what we want. We look towards the day when we can have the things that we imagine will bring us joy, happiness, and comfort. You know what I'm talking about, that high-end car or the big house or, or having money to burn without constraint. Being able to get what you want when you want it. Being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And I have come to learn that sometimes the things that you think will bring you peace, happiness, and joy disappoint us when we actually get them. As a teenager, I, I wanted to be a rock star and, and I was able to make some progress in, the direction, in this direction. Ended up on stage in front of thousands, doing hundreds of shows with a well-known group. And in the beginning, it was a lot of fun for sure. But as the years went on, I found myself to realize that this thing that I thought would bring me peace actually led me to a place of conflict. Yes, it didn't bring me the peace and joy that I desired. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to say today. William Shakespeare wrote this. Oh Lord, that lends me life. Lend me a heart replete with thankfulness. Robert Casper Lintner wrote this. Thanksgiving was never meant to be shut up in a single day. The psalmist the writer of the 100th Psalm, he writes, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise him for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. So now here we are approaching the thanksgiving season. What I'm trying to, the point that I'm trying to make today, the question was, is an attitude of gratitude physically and spiritually healthy? Well, if we spend most of our time thinking about what we don't have and what we'd like to have, ignoring what we already have, ignoring the food on our tables, the clothes on our back, it serves only to stress us out. Worrying about what we don't have. So I would, I would suggest that we need to try to develop an attitude of gratitude. And how do we do that? Well, we can think of the, the 
simple things in life, the beautiful things in life that we are blessed with. As a person of faith, I believe that God is the giver of all good things in my life. And I can think about the simple things, specific joys and delights of the day, moments that I'm very grateful for. And this might help you if you are struggling as we enter into this Thanksgiving season to think about what am I grateful for? Well, ask yourself, what are you most grateful for today? If you could relive one moment, what would it be? Which moment made me most able to offer or receive love? Or what little things did I see or say or hear, feel or experience that made today so good? Maybe we should spend a moment looking over the day with gratitude for the gifts of the day and be concrete about it. Let special moments or pleasures spring to our mind. Maybe it's something small like the the smell of your morning coffee, the taste of something good that you ate, the laugh of a child, the fragrance of a flower, the smile brought forth by a kind word, a, a lesson that was learned. Take stock of what you received and what you gave. Take a moment to give thanks to God for favors received and and his favor received. And also look at gifts that, that allow our participation in this day. The very breath in our lungs, the, the blood that runs through our veins. We can think back and recall strengths in times of difficulty and our ability to hope in times of weakness. We can think about our sense of humor and our life of faith, our intellect, our health, our family and friends. So as you move through the details of the day, give thanks to God for his presence in the big and the small things. Amen. So now, again, if we are struggling to find or to think about things that we should be grateful for, let me help you. I always was taught to give thanks before I eat. Thanking God for the food on the table, asking him to bless it for the nourishment of our body. I always remind my grandson, grandson, thank God for your food before you eat it. We can be thankful and express gratitude for the goodness and the mercy of God. God is good. He's merciful. And I'm sure you can think over your life how God's mercy, his grace has touched you, perhaps over and over again. As people of faith, as a a Christian, I can thank God for the gift of Christ. God sent his only begotten son so that we could live. And I am certainly grateful. During this Thanksgiving season, I can thank God for the gift of Christ. During this Thanksgiving season, I can thank God for the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit that works in our lives. 
Amen. The power of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. I'm grateful. Now, let me say this. I can look up in the sky and see the sun, the moon, and the stars and be blown away, as they say, by the beauty of God's creation. And through God's creation, we are, we get a sense of his glorious splendor of his majesty, the glorious splendor of his majesty. We see in his creation and it points us to the God who created it all. And it is, it is beautiful. And I'm grateful to be able to see that. But just like I can see the beauty of God in creation, I can also be grateful for the effectual working of God in the lives of other people. People that I see whose lives are being transformed, whose lives are being prospered, whose lives are, are striving towards living in a, in a way that is pleasing to God. People that I know who have come from being bond, in bondage to something and now liberated through the power of God. I'm grateful as I see that for God working in other people. I'm also grateful, and you can put this on your list, for God delivering us from the indwelling sins that kept us bound. The bad habits that we used to have before we entered into this encounter with Christ. The bad habits that we were liberated from, whether it be alcoholism, drugs, domestic violence, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, whatever it is. And God healed you from that. God took it away from you. I'm grateful. Here's another thing you can add to the list. Our victory through Christ over the power of death and the grave. We are promised eternal life. And eternal life means more than just living forever. Eternal life means more than just not being held into the grave. Eternal life is being in right relationship and knowing God. And guess what? It begins now. We don't have to die to enter into eternal life. That begins now, and it takes us beyond the grave. It gives us victory over death. The Bible tells us that God gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, but then I can also be grateful for and thank God for wisdom. And when I say wisdom, I don't mean head knowledge, but I mean being led by the Holy Spirit to make the right choices in life, to discern the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, and be led to make the right choices. I can thank God for that wisdom and express my gratitude in this Thanksgiving season. I hope I'm helping someone to think about the things that we can be thankful for. How about the triumph of the gospel? What do you mean, Reverend Glover? Well, I mean the fact that 
the good news that comes, the good news is that righteousness shall prevail over evil through Jesus the Christ. That is the good news. We live in a troubled world in which a lot of us are losing hope. But the gospel says that Jesus shall reign. The triumph of the gospel. I'm thankful. And then, you know, I'm thankful for my my own salvific experience, but I'm certainly thankful for the conversion of others. And when I say conversion, I mean from being people without faith to, to becoming people of faith, other people outside of myself. I'm happy to see people's lives changed. People who who led secular lives with uh, void of the the acknowledgement and the presence of God and being concerned with trying to live a life pleasing to God, as they become God conscious, they desire now desire to live their life in a way that is pleasing to God, and I am grateful for that. I celebrate the presence of God in their lives. Then, of course. As people are transformed, they exhibit faith. And this is a joy to see when somebody else outside of myself is expressing their faith, even as they are faced with adversity, calamity, and struggle. They hold on to God's unchanging hand and express their faith day by day, not only with words, but how they live. Yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful for the faith exhibited by others. I'm also grateful for the love exhibited by others. Love is more than just a fuzzy, warm feeling. Love is demonstrated. Love is at the core of the Christian tradition. When Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? He said, love God and love your neighbor. Religion void of love is, is a dead religion. So I'm thankful to God for the love that is shown by others to others. I'm thankful, I'm grateful for the grace of God bestowed on others. As I see God blessing people, it's exciting. And I'm thankful. Because God graces people, God blesses people in ways that only he can. Now here's something. I love to see, and I'm thankful again for the zeal that is exhibited by other people other than myself. People who are on fire for God, on fire for standing up for God and are willing to proclaim the gospel or to live a life that's consistent with the teachings of Jesus and the apostles. I'm thankful for their perseverance and their zeal got another one for you that hopefully it helps you along your way. How about the nearness of God's presence? God is, when I was a child, I thought of God as being far off. Certainly not within me. But I, my image of God was one of, uh, of God as being a, a, some far off celestial scorekeeper who had a um, who had a, a, perhaps a pad with a big pen 
that would make a mark, a tally mark, for every good deed that I did and every bad thing, he would make a mark on the other side of the page. And at the end of the day, he would tally them all up. And he was just waiting to decide my fate. Waiting to push that button to send me to where I would end up. That was a poor image of God. So I am growing up a bit in the faith. Just a bit. And now I get to think of God as being near to me. God that loves me. God that is so near that he's within me. Imagine that, God the creator of the universe, actually taking up residence within us. That's an awesome thought. When we, if you look at the Genesis creation story, there are two accounts, and, and the first one describes God in a way that is seems far off. He seems far off. He creates the universe in a certain number of days, and, and it's very orderly, and there's not much mention of humanity. In the second account, we find a more intimate view of God. We find a God that forms man from the dust of the earth. And I'm talking about form as form with your hands. And then he breathes the breath of life. So this is a God that touches and breathes into humanity. The same God walks and talks with humanity in the garden. And it is there that he gives them a responsibility. He provides for them everything that they need. This is a very personal and intimate God. And this is the God that I've come to know. Amen. We, we are thankful today for our opportunity to be in service to God. I am happy that I am able to stand in the gap and be of service to God in this troubling world. So when it comes to expressing our gratitude to God, I'm going to close with this. We don't have to wait until we are in the uh, church or in the synagogue, in the temple, or whatever religious organization that we belong to. Thanksgiving is more than a fuzzy feeling. Thanksgiving can be expressed through acts of kindness, charity, mercy, generosity, hospitality, forgiveness, gentleness, goodness, prayerfulness, and faithfully standing in pursuit of love, justice, and peace. God bless you, and I pray that God's goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And I pray that you find a way to express your gratitude and thanksgiving to God in your service to others. You have been listening to Faith Talk. I'm Reverend Jay Glover, and I want to thank you 
for being part of our listening audience. Please visit the website, www.reverendjstuartglover.com. Leave your comments on these episodes, which are open for criticism. On this website, you can also register as a guest. You can contact me directly by email. You can leave a voicemail and uh, I will respond. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Next time. Amen.